Welcome to the Game of Crowdfunding Interview Edition, recorded Wednesday, July 16th, 2014. That's right, this is the Interview Edition, so I am back with another person that has a project on Kickstarter right now that you can go check out, who is joining me on Skype tonight. Hey Jeff, how you doing? This is Ben Wolf from Theorycraft Gaming. We've got our game Factions up on Kickstarter, and uh, we're looking forward to talking with you. It's going to feel weird for me not to call you Wolfie all night. <laughs> that's okay. You can call me Wolfie if you want. I know that's kind of how we started our, our friendship. So, <laughs> Yes, Ben's got a project on Kickstarter right now, uh, which is Factions, uh, and we'll uh, obviously get into that as the uh, episode goes on. But uh, Ben is another alumni, if you will, of the Game Crafter design uh, area. So another person that hangs out with us in the Game Crafter chat. I've said it before and I'll say it again. There are a lot of awesome designers out there and it's a it's a great little real-time interactive community if you get in there. Of course, sometimes you just never know what you're going to walk into, though. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is very true. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Ben and I know each other a little bit, but you know what? Right now, uh, we're going to give you guys an opportunity to get to know Ben a little bit as well. So, Ben, I told you, I warned you up front, I had a few warm-up questions. Are you ready, sir? Yes, sir. Bring them on. First question is, what makes you a geek, sir? Oh, what makes me a geek? Well, I mean, I can say that I've been a geek from from day one, probably. You know, I've I've always been into gaming, board games and video games since I was a kid, but mostly video games until uh, I was probably around uh, getting in my teenage years when I started playing some Warhammer and some Necromunda, some Warzone tabletop games that really kind of got me off and running with that brand. And I was a huge fan of it. I didn't have a, a, a large base of friends to really play with. But I'd go to the stores, the local stores, and play sometimes if I could. And, I mean, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And then I played video games for a long time after that, all the way through college. After college, I I kind of picked up my my love for board gaming again and really got into it. But I've always been a big D&D fan and, and uh, role-playing game. You know, playing role-playing games has always been fun for me. But I think my biggest passion has always been strategy games. So um, that's where Factions actually kind of it was inspired from just my love of, fa- of strategy games. And then this next one, you can answer as specific or vague as you want, and you'll understand why probably once I ask the question. But <laughs> other than, and I'm assuming, creating and designing and publishing games is not your main occupation. So what do you do uh, for a living besides create games? Sir? I am a special education teacher. And I've also done some work as an occupational therapist technician, and I work with kids with special needs and we play a lot of board games, which is another one of the reasons why I kind of ended up into the whole board gaming field of things. So uh, that's a little bit into the, the other side of my, my, my life other than just doing publishing and, and designing. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Put another one on the board for the education slash school system side. <laughs> we have a running, not necessarily a joke, but a tally uh, sometimes going on. And somebody actually said I should go back and, and do the actual tally on it. Uh, a couple of listeners. But it seems like a lot of people that are in the game design realm of gaming are tech people or education people. And I've had a couple people that are both. <laughs> Sure. Well, I guess, I mean, you figure a lot of teachers are working with kids and I think a lot of teachers out there kind of see themselves as big kids. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a part of us where we can kind of connect on that level. So maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. And as, as far as the tech people go, obviously the tech people are into it generally because they're into the, maybe the video game side of things. I don't know. That's my best guess. <laughs> It's a special rare occasion when somebody comes out. It's almost like, you know what? Let's not talk about your game. What? Tell us more about your position, your job, because, uh, everybody else we talk to is IT or, or education. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So, uh, my final warm up question and then we'll just start having our, uh, regular conversation like we talked about. Sure. We like to talk about the fact that you can truly geek out about anything. Anything that you're passionate about can, can be a geek passion. So do you have any geek level passions that maybe the, you know, uh, normal, uh, person on the street may not <laughs> consider geek related activities? It's a good question. I've got a lot of hobbies, a lot of things I'm into, but I, I guess to relate to the general public, 
I'm a huge sports fan and I'm a huge fantasy sports fan, which kind of, there you go. You got that fantasy side of things. Maybe that's what it is, but <laughs> that, that is usually when, when people don't quite understand what we're talking about, that is usually our big example. People that are big into like, say, fantasy football. Like I, I, I know uh, a guy I used to work with who no matter what we were talking about, work or otherwise, somehow, some way it was coming back to football and his fantasy football league. <laughs> Yes, most people will bring that right to that because that's their passion. It's true. <laughs> that's funny. Okay, so you is is factions the first game you've designed, or the first game you've taken this far into the process? Factions is the first game that I've taken this far into the process. I I've designed a couple other games throughout you know the last few years that I've kind of had ideas for and really kind of laid down and did the groundwork for, but I didn't really pursue them like I did factions for other reasons that I'm sure we'll get into more detail later, but more so was just finding out that it was it was a viable option with Kickstarter. That's when I really kind of realized, you know what, maybe I can really pursue this and I really put my my work together I got my work together to really, really push and and and, and put a lot of time into factions. You kind of mentioned it, so I just want to make sure here. So it, are, are you kind of saying that Kickstarter was kind of the fuel in the fire for you to bring a design to full completion and, and see what you could do with it? Yes, I, I would definitely say that's the case. Because, you know, before before I knew of Kickstarter, I mean, the thought of manufacturing uh, or getting rate, you know, getting the funds to do anything like that just seemed like it was impossible. Um, obviously, there's the option of taking it to a publisher, but... I've heard night, I had heard nightmare stories about it. Even though I didn't really know much about it, I probably should have done more research into that. I wanted to have control over this because it was my baby and I, I wanted to make sure that it went the direction I wanted it to go. And that's why I kind of really decided, you know what? Kickstarter is, is going to give me that chance and that opportunity to do that and really make sure it wasn't lost in the process. Okay. You hit on one of my warning key phrases. <laughs> you, you took your baby uh, all the way to Kickstarter. Right. <laughs> we'll talk yes. about that a bit. One of the things I, I always like to know, um, it, and if you can point to a specific time as well, but you know, there, there's a big difference and we kind of maybe all go through it. Um, but there's a big difference between sitting down at a table, playing games, enjoying that thing and even going, well, I could do something different or I could do something better or why did it to actually going full blown design? Can you point to any specific time where that's, that made a, a switch in your mind that like, I want to get on the serious side of game, de- of the game design industry? You know, I'm not sure when that really, when that switch really happened. I, uh, I kind of from the start really, I think I got to a certain point when I was creating this game and I was putting it together. I got to a certain point where I, I, I really loved the game. I thought, you know, this game really has a lot to it. And there was some depth there and the game had legs. I think the biggest part of it is, you know, like you're saying, it is the art and kind of putting your, putting the money into that, that section of the game. I'm an artist. I also went to school for graphic design. So I have an art background and I realized I would love to, to kind of do the design. I did a lot of the design myself and I got to a certain point where I was like, you know what? I'm kind of all in at this point. I might as well just pursue it and see how it goes. You bastard. <laughs> What did I do? I'm always jealous of people that actually have art ability. Oh, uh, I, I, that, that is my biggest, probably usually my biggest roadblock when I was designing a lot was, uh, you know, I, I will screw up a stick figure if you give me half a chance. <laughs> you can give me the, the body and two arms and I'll still screw up a stick figure. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> You're probably not giving yourself enough credit. <laughs> No, 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 no. It's, I, I'm giving myself too much credit, I think. Um. <laughs> That's great. Well, I also, you know, so my undergrad, my first degree was in industrial design, which for many people that don't know what that is, it's basically product design. And I managed to get my degree in, in graphic design as well by just taking a lot of side classes that I could, as many as I could to kind of learn Photoshop and Illustrator. And that was my initial taste in it. And then I, I only needed a few more classes to get my degree. And I ended up, that ended up being my passion. But the industrial design part of it was really good in lending me to making, you know, samples and, you know, how to build certain things and that kind of stuff. And one of the other games that I made prior to this involved a lot more building, you know, pieces and that kind of thing, but they all have helped me with my process. You said you've 
designed other games prior to Faction. So, uh, even though Factions and, and you're, you know, labeling it your baby because it's the first one you've taken all the way to, well, basically the crowd at this point to, to try to get it made. What kind of other games have you designed and what did you learn in the process that gave you, I don't know, extra things in, in your tool belt to, to make Factions what it is today? Uh, it's a good question. The first game that I, there's a couple of games, I won't get into too much detail with them just because it might be a lengthy discussion on that. But the, you know, the first game that I designed was kind of, was a strategy game as well. It was very much like a Stratego type game. And I designed a lot of little pieces that were acting kind of like miniatures, but they weren't miniatures. I didn't get too far with it because I didn't really like the mechanics of the game so much. I lost interest at, at one point, but that being said, what I learned from it was how I wanted to interact with my, my opponent and how I wanted to make the game be more of a, a really deep, immersive strategy game. Cause that was my love. I love, I love strategy. So it helped me get to the beginning stages of where I was with, with factions. It wasn't really the, the, the final push for it. That was, you know, not to get sidetracked, but that was more so playing other games that were already out there where the mechanics were just awful <laughs> or <laughs> rubbed me the wrong way. And I just couldn't understand how they were popular. I just, you know, some, sometimes there's some games out there that I just don't feel, you know, they're, they're hard to learn. They take too long. They're just, I, I wanted to really kind of make something that I felt was more in tune with you and your opponent and having a smooth experience, smooth, smooth gameplay experience. And I think a lot of those things I learned from the first game that I made. You've designed other games and you went and took factions to the level of being able to put it on Kickstarter. Through all of those other projects and this project, have you developed a specific design process for yourself or does it you know, vary from game to game? I learned from that from the first one too. And yes, I, I think I have, I, I think it still varies because you get to different stages. Now for the general per, you know, a general designer who maybe doesn't have, you know, me being a graphic designer it helps for me switching up my process compared to somebody else maybe doing their process. I am a very big fan of coming up with a game design or, you know, choosing a certain category and where you want to, what you want to dive into, working with that and doing a lot of pushing and pulling with certain gameplay mechanics that you like, combining different styles, choosing different themes, certain themes, you know, you could have mechanics for a certain game and a theme just does not fit that mechanic. Some of those things can kind of, generally speaking, I feel like those things should come afterwards and just really being able to plug it in. But I think after that process, then the design process has come, will, will come throughout the whole project. Like I, I'll start with an idea and be like, you know, I have this thought, this vision in my head. I want to really kind of get it down on paper. So I'll do some design work and I'll kind of futz around with a couple of different things. And then I'll start doing more playing of the game and, and testing those mechanics. And then I'll go back to designing something else. And really, that's when I get into it. That's when I really kind of, I start getting immersed in the, in the, in the world that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to develop. Uh, that's what works for me. I've noticed that other people have said that they do a different process. Obviously, I, I guess I haven't touched on a lot of the different different things there. You know, my first experience with factions going on Kickstarter, I had to do a lot of research prior to doing, you know, after I got to a certain point, I do a lot of research in the manufacturing process, which I found on, you know, Jamie's, uh, Jamie's blogs for, uh, you know, online. Yep. They were super helpful. And then, you know, James Math in, in, on Facebook, I found a lot of his blogs as well, which were helpful in getting that process down. And then I realized that a lot of that's when I really kind of dove, dove into it even more. But the next time around that I'm going to design a game, now that I've learned that, I think I would probably, I might even change it up again because I have that experience. Uh, and one of the, I mean, you touched a little bit on, on it and I don't think I've ever actually completely said it on the, the podcast. But one of the reasons why I tend to ask that question a lot is one, I'm always curious. And two, just from the perspective of, of people listening and, and maybe other indie designers or designers that are just kind of getting started or trying to figure out where to start uh, or, or what might work for them. It's not a right or wrong answer. It's here's a variety of different ways that a variety of different people use to get into their design process. Pick your comfort zone, more or less. Right, right, right. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think that really is, that's the key because every design process is going to be different, I think. And it depends on what needs and, and how many people you're working with and all that stuff. So it varies. 
you've got factions on Kickstarter right now. So, uh, you've gone through all the design and, and, uh, getting the game ready. Where did playtesting and stuff like that come in for you for this game? Well, playtesting has been a huge part of it. I did a lot of playtesting of the game at the very beginning stages and the games morphed into, you know, from what it started as to what it is now, it's a, it was a completely different game. And that really came from just play testing and play testing it over and over again. But I have a local store that I go to in, you know, I live in Arizona. I go to a local store and play with a couple friends that I, you know, had become friends with over the years. And that was very important to do play testing with people that I didn't know and play testing with people that I was friends with. Cause you got to get the feedback that, that you need from people and just tell them, you know, look, you got to be honest. You got to tell me straight what you think of, you know, the, the mechanics, you know, is it fun? Is it just gotta almost like put together a little list of things that pre-made questions that you can have them, you know, answer right after they're done playing. But along with that, I played over, you know, I even played over Skype with some of my friends from back East. Cause I have a couple friends from back East that I used to play board games with that would, you know, we got a chance to play, we'd play over Skype. And it was, it was, that was a really good way for me to play it too. That process, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of patience because um, you're doing a lot of tweaking and a lot of really redirection of your game. And you don't sometimes don't like the direction certain things go because you're scared to change it, but it really helps with that development process. So uh, we did a lot of play testing. Did you have any uh, blind play testing going on for factions? Yeah, we did. You know, when I, I went to the store, there's, there's two different stores. One that I would, I would frequently visit. And then I found another one that was a little further away from me, uh, that I went and I'd go, I went on a few, I, I had held a few different events. I kind of told the owner beforehand and he had a number of people who I'd never met come and, and play test it. Those were good experiences. Those were really good experiences. But I think, uh, you know, I also had some friends of mine that I play with who brought their friends who I had never met and they did, you know, they pretty much just play tested it. And I just sat back and took notes. I didn't even say a word. I gave them the rule book. I gave them the game and just said, go to town. And I just watched. And then they gave me their feedback afterwards, which was extremely helpful. I think that's almost a requirement for anybody that's trying to make a game. Nice. Yeah. I, uh, I like that approach when you get to a, a good level. I mean, I, I like blind play testing in general, but I've actually done that for a couple people at, at like the last proto spiel I went to. Sure. Uh, we just gathered around a table with the designer. He said he did that. He's like, here's the rule book. And even when we looked at him a couple of times, he's like, nope, you know, <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, just writing in his notebook. And I appreciated that because I mean, one, it's a group of people that you haven't been playing with all the time. So, I mean, if you continue to play with your friends and then you go, here's the next iteration, they, they've kind of been there through your whole entire process. So it, they can get you, they can help you get that foundation level down, right. but they know what you're thinking and they've been yeah. there through the whole process. So they're going to look at it a lot like you are. I mean, sure, you know, everybody's a little bit different, but they've been there the entire process versus a whole group that has never seen the game before has no idea kind of what they're getting into popping open the rule book and can they get it? Because if somebody pulls this off the shelf, that's what's going to happen, right? You're, you, you know, it's, exactly. it's not like in, in the rule book. Hey, you know, my name's Ben Wolf. Here's my phone number. Uh, you know, let's, let, let me talk to you before, before, uh, you play this the first time, you know, that kind of, I mean, it has to stand on its own and your rule book has to stand on its own. And that blind play testing, especially the blind play testing, that's I'm here, but I'm just here to take notes or, you know, somebody in the group is kind of taking notes of what they've encountered. That is huge. Like you said, that, that will help you clean up your rule book faster and understand how other people are thinking where something makes extreme sense to you because you wrote it and that's where you put it. And that makes that, that is perfectly fine where it is. I don't know what your problem is, you know, kind of thing, but you know, you get five different groups to say that and you go, all right, maybe I can do something different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's definitely necessary. I agree 100%. All right. We've had some conversations before we started and even in chat and stuff about various things. Usually, like I told you, I mean, sometimes we leave lessons and stuff towards the end. 
I think why don't we talk about your journey into Kickstarter? Not now, you know, we'll we'll eventually make the switch here and talk specifically on factions. But yeah, uh, right now, uh, I, let's focus in on. Okay, you've designed factions. You've got it where you think it's great. You've done the playtesting and blind playtesting, and now uh, you're like, okay, I think we're ready to go on Kickstarter. So, what did you do to get yourself? Re- well, you know, be- actually, even before I say that, what was your deciding factor? And I think you kind of said it, but what was your deciding factor for Kickstarter versus, say, trying to shop it to a publisher or something like that? I mean, the biggest thing was just being able to make sure I was able to retain, you know, control of certain things and, and, and make sure that I could make it grow. You know, if you give it to a publisher and then they get the control that they want over it, then it really, you kind of, it, it's not your, your baby anymore. And, and that was my biggest concern. You know, I, that's why I wanted to go to Kickstarter. I have aspirations to really make this thing more than just what it is right now, which is, you know, a very cool strategy game that has four different factions currently you know i have a number of different ideas for for other factions and you know different design ideas and all that all that sort of thing things that like i think would be would make the game have more length to it than just buying this game now and it being done with you know the game can be played a ton of time but that being said i'm getting off topic here <laughs> uh, um i tend to do that i apologize kickstarter just it really gave me the, the realization that you could give not only me but like the the community a chance to give have their say in in what's 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 going to happen with this game and giving it to a publisher is just a whole different different ball game i think well and then so then let me ask you this then is being self-published and having to deal with the manufacturing the printing and the fulfillment and all that stuff is it a necessary evil for you to keep control or is it something that you're actually interested in uh, well, you know what before i was really intimidated by the whole manufacturing process prior to doing it. In fact, it really almost deterred me. And that was, I felt like going to a, to a publisher and just kind of get, letting them take control of it or doing whatever would be, was like the, almost like a, like a safe way to do it. And, and I'm kind of a go getter. I'm kind of like a, you know what? I can tackle this per, type person. You know, I, 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 I really believed in the project. So I really did my, my due diligence prior. And I, I realized with all the people in the community that have been doing Kickstarter, I had a lot of guidance and a lot of people that were telling me what, you know, is the right way to approach certain things and who to contact. And I wouldn't trade that for anything because I've learned so much from it. Not only have I learned so much from it, but I've made a lot of contacts and a lot of friends, which has been great. You know, that's made the experience that much better. But I think it's it's definitely if somebody's as a first time, you know, looking back on it, would I go ahead and do it with a publisher just as my first game as an experience? That kind of thing, I would consider it more than I did if I was to look back at it, you know, a second time. So for Theorycraft Gaming, are you just looking at this as, you know, factions and anything else that maybe you come up with? Or are you potentially thinking about the actual, you know, the, the, what we consider a publisher route? You know, and there's a lot of small indie publishers popping up. So would, are you considering if things go well for you and, and Theorycraft Gaming uh, has a factions as a flagship, considering maybe taking on submissions or something like that? We would, I mean, I would definitely consider it. Uh, there's definitely, there's no question I would consider it because I think that that there's a lot of good ideas out there. There's a lot of people with, with some good games out there that if we can help get off the ground and, and guide in the right direction and, and do something with, sure. But I haven't really done too much thought in that, that field because I've just solely focused on factions at this point, but it's definitely something that I would consider. Your short term goal obviously is factions become successful and, and, right. and you right. have your hands full with that and yes and you you uh you know fly down here and, and hit me with your game money uh for for asking ridiculous questions <laughs> no you're not, you're not <laughs> ridiculous questions <laughs> all right so you know because i'm always interested in that as well because i've i've had everybody i've had people on that run the gambit and it's some people I don't want anything to do with publishing. This is just a necessary evil. I'll, I'll, I'll never do another Kickstarter again. I'll, I'll, I'll look for a publisher to, yeah, it was, it was cool and it was fine. And I, you know, I'll continue to publish my own games to, I, you know, had somebody on. It's just like, you know what? We tried to design our own game. We decided we love the publishing side. So we're just publishing other people's games. So I've had the full gambit. So I'm always interested, uh, especially, you know, again, you're, you're coming out here, you've got your first game and you've got it under obviously your own label because you're trying to self publish it. And 
what the reasoning behind that for you is, you know, again, it, it, do you like the publishing? Do you like, you know, some people like accounting and all that other and spreadsheets and stuff like that. And, right, right. And right. Uh, just trying to figure out where you fall in on, on the uh, spectrum, if you will. Of course. I mean, uh, you know, in, in truth, like it, the, the, the manufacturing part of it is like, it's not as bad as I think people make it out to be. I think it's just intimidating. But the, you know, it, in reality, I would love to, you know, more so my passion lies in the designing process. My art background and just my creative side is always eager to, if I'm not doing something, if I'm not creating something or, or working on something that I'm passionate about in, in, in the design world, I feel like I'm, I'm wasting my time. So I know that that is the side that I would always pursue, but the manufacturing side, that doesn't mean I don't, I have like a problem with it. So. I'm not opposed to it. Well, and you just pointed out one of the big factors for a lot of people. Uh, you know, I, I've talked about my, you know, well, you know, Matt, right? Matt Warden. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. So Matt, I mean, is, is the same way him and I have had conversations and he's just very much, you know what? I will gladly take a smaller cut and hand it over to a publisher to get the time back to continue to design. Right, uh, and right. and he's done both sides. I mean, he does self-publishing, but he also shops stuff out to to publishers. And his ideal goal, I think, would be just to always have publishers in line and just let me design, and you guys worry about all that other stuff. Again, it's there's a whole gambit that that I I deal with, and so it's just one of those things I, I'm always curious about where people fall and and. Uh, how they feel, you know, uh, okay, well, now I got to do this and this, and it's taking me away from the design side of things, you know, all, all that right. stuff. Right, right. All right, so you talked about uh, some of the research you did up front. What was essential for you as far as you're concerned before you could hit the launch button? Oh, you know, I guess my biggest, again, it kind of lies, it lies, I, my, 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 I'm not a marketing guy in any way. You know, I kind of ended up, reaching out to some other people and I got some people on board to help me with marketing. Uh, some people who are, have been phenomenal and, and invaluable in this whole process. And I wish I did a little bit more research and, and figuring out kind of how to, how to get out there and get my, get, get people to, you know, know about the project prior. But my, my main focus was making sure that all my ducks were in a row with, the, with the game and manufacturing and just trying to network with certain people but like that process was, I felt like I, I probably should, I could have waited a little bit longer even than I did. I made, I made a couple mistakes that I would, I would change if I could. Obviously I can't at this point because we've already launched, but there's some double standards, some things that have kind of like have been good, but also not good. So, you know, I'm still learning from this whole thing as it's been going on. What things would you change if you, if you could, uh, if you could, uh, either hold off on this or turn back time a little bit? What specifically do you think you would do a little bit different for uh, the Factions campaign? One of the things that I did was I put a time frame on when we were going to launch a few weeks, almost a month prior to actually launching. You know, I had this idea that I wanted I wanted to make sure that that people in the community knew it, it was coming on July 11th. You know, that was our launch day. So I put, you know, a lot of I did a lot of work putting design banners together and, and such with, you know, that date on there, I would have, tr I would have changed that because I think I didn't realize the, uh, the potential of, of something bad happening prior to that day and then maybe not being able to launch. That's one reason why it would be a, it was a bad idea, but that didn't necessarily affect us. I just, I, I think that it would have been better to kind of keep that suspense there. Once people coming back to the site and looking to see if there are any updates, I also would have probably done more getting more people to help with marketing side of things uh, well before I launched than I did. Cause I've learned a lot from that too, possibly a little bit too late. Hopefully it's not, but we'll see. We'll definitely see. We'll definitely keep it. I think you're doing a lot of good things now. You know, you and I have talked about that a little bit. Sure. Prior. You've got some great things going on at the moment, but yeah, I, you know, it, you're suffering a little bit right now and, and we're correct me if you think I'm wrong. Uh, you're suffering a little bit right now just from the lack of knowledge up front, the lack of getting the crowd together prior to launch. Yes. Uh, and, and, you know, everybody's kind of figuring, finding out about it now. And there, there's a couple things that 
that you and I have talked about and, and a couple of them we've talked about very briefly before we started. One is the simple fact that this is your first project and right. you're an unknown at this point. You haven't built up like a Kickstarter presence or anything like that, but you're looking for $25,000 right. uh, for a, a game. And you know, it's, it, and you've been in the group, you've been in, you've been in the chat, you've been in when we were all in there and it, and, a lot of us, you know, Jason will say it and, and I'll say it. And a lot of people will say, it's like, you know, try to start with a small project. If you can build up your base, build up the fact that people know they can rely on you before you start hitting them with the, the bigger project. Not saying that you can't. And of course you, you have launched and, and you're actually not doing that bad. I mean, you're uh, at $8,775 as of the time we recorded and going until August 11th. So there's plenty of time, but you're kind of pushing the rock uphill at this point, right? I mean, you you could have launched with the rock rolling downhill, but you're still kind of pushing it uphill at this point because of the pre-marketing that could have potentially been done. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I I think, you know, you make, you're, you're not wrong in in stating what you're stating and and, and experience comes, comes with that. You know, I think that there's, it was a good thing that I was kind of like, go, you know, go get it and just go for it. And there's part of me that thinks, you know, I wouldn't change that, but experience means a lot. And if I was to do it again, I would definitely do a smaller project first. You know, I did all the the finances and and with another buddy of mine who was actually an accountant and, you know, the numbers didn't lie. We, we kind of really did a, a lot of work to make sure that we weren't, we weren't looking for the wrong number. And it just so happened that this game was maybe a little bit bigger. It may be bigger more than we, you know, we're trying to bite off more than we can chew in, in this, in this particular scenario. But that being said, you know, we still really believe in this project. I think the game is well worth the value that we put up there. You know, it's going to be retailing for, for more than, you know, almost $15 more than what we're putting it for the, for the base game. And I don't know. I mean, I, I really think that, that it, I was really kind of hoping that it would get that ball rolling downhill prior to starting, but those are lessons learned. You know, I mean, obviously right. you can't look back at that now. So, well, and it's, and we're kind of intermingling here, but we'll, we'll definitely get to, uh, the specifics of, of factions. But I mean, sure. it, it, it is a beautiful looking game. It is other than us hanging out in the game crafter, obviously, uh, you know, Aaron, kind of nudged me and said, Hey, you know, you would like this game. Right. Uh, and and right. that, that's kind of where some of our initial conversation potentially started happening. True. Uh, and you know, I looked at it and, and he was, he was not wrong. He's, he's absolutely correct. This is a, a, a game that could easily fit in my wheelhouse and it looks beautiful. And I have a feeling I would like the gameplay. That is potentially, I guess, one of the lessons too, as well, because I just don't have it in my schedule. So when you and I were talking about it, it's like, I, I would love to help you out with this, but I don't have the bandwidth for it right now. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely one of those things that, you know, I've gotten a lot of fantastic support and feedback from, you know, the way the game looks and all that stuff. And one thing that we're, we're going to try and do is we're going to try and release a P and P as soon as we can. Hopefully nice. it's, you know, it's up this weekend. Um, that's another thing I would have probably had done earlier would, would be get people to kind of get a feel for the game prior to it and, and letting that word of mouth spread that way. Cause you know, we're confident that people that are going to play the game are going to love the game. So if you like that style, you know, like that, that's your style. If you like strategy games, it's, it's, it's all about it. So you're right. I mean, that's definitely something we would have liked to do well beforehand too. So. But it, it's not, there was a few things up front that maybe could have been done a little bit different to make things easy on launch. But I do want to point out the fact that you are doing things during the launch and during the campaign that is bringing eyes and traffic to this. So, I mean, it's not like that right. there are plenty of projects out there that launch and then just sit back and go, uh, why, why isn't this funded already? And like never interact, never put forth any effort. It's the, I put it out there, they'll come. That's all I should have to do mentality. Right. You know, and one of the things that you and I talked about before we started recording too was that Kickstarter will eat whatever time you allow it to have. <laughs> uh, yeah. so I mean, if you allow it to have none, well, it's, it's going to eat up no time, but it's also not really going to do anything for you. Right. Uh, but you also don't want it to be a 24 by seven thing that just exhausts you to the entire, entire uh, process. Right. And yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely been very 
time consuming. You know, I found I, I, I'm running on very little sleep these days, but <laughs> you know, I think that comes with the process and I wouldn't change that because I love doing what I'm doing. So we're trying to be active with our users and our backers that have supported us already. We've already, we've already, uh, released some exclusive, you know, artwork to, you know, to the backers that have joined us at this point. And, um, they've all been pretty happy about that. I think, you know, from some of the, the feedback we've gotten, which is great. And then, you know, trying to provide this PNP and some extra other things is, is, you know, keeping, keeping us busy. So hopefully we can gain more users and more audience just for an exposure just from doing what we're doing now. Right. And you've got that. You, uh, I've seen at least one or two contests that you guys have been doing, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we did, things like we that. Did a, yeah. Leading up to the project, we did a contest and we got such a good, you know, response from it. And people were asking, a couple of people asked us if we could do another one. And I thought to myself, you know, why not? Like I, like it was fun and it was kind of exciting to give it away, you know, to have a giveaway like that. And, you know, it draws more attention to, to the, the project, which is the hope. So yeah, we started up another one with Club Fantasy, David Lowry, and he was really nice to kind of host it on his site. So we're really hoping that that we get a good response from that as well. So what, what else do you guys got in store uh, on the, the marketing side of things? Do you have uh, a couple things coming or? Um, well, I mean, we have them, you know, we've, we've been putting our advertisements up and such, but like for, for our users, I mean, really right now, the main thing is going to be the PNP. We're trying to, you know, start up some, some conversation on BGG. You know, we've, we've been doing a lot of groundwork trying to just one part of, you know, you know, marketing's not my background and I don't really know much about it. I enjoy talking with, with people in the community who are passionate about the same thing. So, you know, I just doing a lot of talking with them and trying to get feedback as far as what other people are looking for and seeing what they like about the project, what they don't like, that kind of thing. That's been my, uh, a lot of my focus and a couple other people have been working with us is focus as well. The, I think the print and play will be uh, a huge thing for you guys. That'll be great because it is one of those things. Again, it's, you're fighting the unknown factors right now so anything you can do to mitigate the unknown factors is going to work in your favor exactly yeah that's the hope all right so speaking of unknowns hey ben why, yes, don't, why don't you give us your elevator pitch for factions let us know about <laughs> it <laughs> all right that sounds good so factions is a futuristic sci-fi strategy war game it is played on a hexagonal battle grid that is extremely customizable. We have some hexagon tiles that, that are placed on the board and can really kind of change the landscape of the game entirely, very easily and very quickly. So there's a lot of replayability, a lot of you know high replay value. We have four different factions that come with the game. Currently we have the we have the machines, we have the beasts, we have the last remnants, which are basically which are the humans, and then we also have the wretched, which is like an undead faction. They all have different unique styles to them. The characters work well with each other in each army. You know, they have different abilities. The mechanics are are very smooth, easy to learn once you once you understand the, the mechanics, which shouldn't take you very long, pretty much, you know, half of a gameplay, you'll you'll know what you're doing. You can customize your faction prior to starting each, uh, each game, which is great. So, there's a lot of customization with the game, which allows for people to feel like they're in control of what they're playing with. And it's, it's a ton of fun. It really is a ton of fun. So I really suggest if you, if you're interested in this style in, in any kind of strategy game, we have lots of videos up on the Kickstarter page that kind of show the mechanics as well as, you know, samples of, of how the game is played. So that's pretty much factions right there for you in a nutshell. And a couple of things that you, you talked about and I think are uh, extremely uh, important, at least for, for me as somebody looking at this. I like the fact that the board is customizable and changes. You can change it when you play. I like the fact that you can customize your factions, changes how you play. So you've exactly. built in a couple of things right there. Like you, you said, there's uh, a lot of replayability just from those two aspects. Definitely. And, you know, I, I said it on the, uh, podcast, you know, Ben actually, uh, sponsored, uh, an episode, I believe of the draft picks, uh, and which thank you, by the way, sir, we appreciate the sponsorship. Well, thank you. Thank you, please. <laughs> but definitely, uh, one of the things that I said is check out some of the videos. They give you a good feel for the game, uh, a good feel for the, the environment, plus the mechanics, how to play, looking at the various factions, stuff like that. There's plenty of information. Again, 
helping Ben, you know, mitigate the unknown. He's done a good job on the page itself, mitigating some of that unknown. And of course, you know, as you heard here, he's looking at putting the print and play up as well. So there's, there's another one for you. You'll uh, be able to check it out and, uh, get an idea for uh, the gameplay and if it if it really truly fits uh, something that you're interested in definitely definitely what do we you know uh, there was one it just kind of dawned on me we had talked about it do you want to uh, talk about the uh, marketing thing we talked about earlier <laughs> the use of, of thunderclap oh oh yes uh, <laughs> yes I, I, I would like to put a little warning sticker <laughs> I guess. Yeah. On, um, Thunderclap. I mean, I just, I don't know. I, 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 I brought it up to you before because, you know, we, we used it and I feel like it would, we, we may be one of the, one of many, very few other companies out there that have used it. And, um, I just wanted to put my two cents out there that, you know, as, as it's, it was actually a really intriguing idea and it's a, it's a cool social media tool, but I don't think it was properly executed the way it, should be. And therefore, you know, I just wanted to, I was talking about it with you before, before we talked, because I think that a lot of people that are going to be doing Kickstarter projects might be thinking of using those, using that as a tool. And I might steer you a little bit away from doing something with that. So. Yeah. And it, it was one of those things like you and I talked about it a little bit before we got into a part of a conversation with someone else in the game crafter. Uh, and that's kind of how it all actually that that's the the big reason it all came up. Somebody was asking yes. about it and asking yeah. you because they knew you had used it. And I just happened to be in the in the chat room at the time. And my takeaway is about the same as Ben's. Uh, I, I, I believe my my conversation or my my response was basically if only there would have been somebody that could have told you that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which, you know, it's again, Ben and I have talked off and on, but. I don't know if we've really done a whole lot of Kickstarter process planning conversation, you and I. I mean, yeah. there's been a yeah. little bit, but not a lot, I don't think. Right. Uh, I, I think by the time you and I really start having any serious conversations, you were already launched anyway. So yeah, it was a little bit too late. <laughs> a little, little less of that conversation. Well, you know, it wasn't, you know, cause a lot of times people, especially in the game crafter chat will come in and go, uh, what about this? Or I, I'm thinking about launching tomorrow, but I, you know, I don't have, uh, how do I get followers? It's like, well, don't launch tomorrow, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> right. And, you know, you were already through all of that part of the process and into actually launching. But my sincere answer was nothing is going to replace you boots on the ground, uh, being real, being sincere with people and, and, and getting the word out yourself. The automated process seems nice, seems like it will save you some time. Right. It'll save you some time, uh, but it's probably not going to have the results that you're hoping for. It, it really doesn't. It really doesn't. You know, I think, like you said, you're you're spot on. Like it really talking with people and being kind of within the community and 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 giving them, you know, a little piece of of the pie of as far as like some information regarding the, the game that you're running is way more valuable and way more important than trying to get a massive message out to the community with, with a social media tool like Thunderclap. So, you know, and, and I enjoyed that. I think, I think you should enjoy that because that's what board gaming is really a lot, a lot about. A lot of board gaming is, is socializing with, you know, people within a group and having fun with that group and, 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 and enjoying some, you know, some of the same things, you know, some similarities with, within like styles of a game or a theme or whatever it may be. You know, you enjoy those things, so you enjoy talking with those people. That's what makes the thing really come to life. I think it's a lot of work, and it's intimidating, which isn't the reason why we necessarily did Thunderclap. We did that because I just thought, hey, like this is another way to really kind of get that message out there and get people to see it, but it just didn't work that way. And there's all different kinds of ways you can do it if you just put a little bit of thought into it and boots on the ground doing it yourself. You know, for instance, you know, we, with Gothic Doctor and the relaunch for that, we did the Road to Relaunch series. I mean, that cost me and Doug time, right? I mean, we, yeah. we had to record every month and all that good stuff, but it was worth doing and we got the word out and we built up a, a 
a bit of a listenership and, and a base for Gothic Doctor that way. We also did the Teaser Tuesdays for them. So where we were teasing out cards and we did a contest for them before they launched to get them feedback on their preview page and, and, and have people see it. I mean, there's a lot of different things that you can do if you just kind of think about it for a while. And if you, if you're not sure, there's plenty of people you can reach out to as well that will uh, assist you and help you and give you some ideas. And again, the most of those people, warning up front, most of those people will do it for free. Yeah. So everybody that's hitting you up that wants you to pay them are probably (laughs) not really going to help you. Right. It's so true. (laughs) It is so true. And you'll find that once you launch your campaign that you'll get even more people that want you to pay them for stuff that, you know, is pretty ridiculous. So yeah, it's all about meeting the right people and and, and making those, those, those relationships. Cause we all want the same thing. We want, you know, as a community, we want more good games to be put out there, right? Isn't that the, yeah. the, the main, the main thing? Yeah. And, and you know, I'm, I'm saying this as somebody who does consulting. <laughs> I'm saying this as somebody that people will pay me to help them out. But you've also, uh, or you will hear me uh, talk about it with Doug because that's one of the topics that we cover on the next Road to Relaunch is that I will give people the chance to go and figure, like, here, go, have you done this, 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 and this? All right, go do that, that, and that, and that, and then come back to me. So, one, if you still need my assistance, you're not paying me as much, or at least you're coming in knowledgeable up front and know exactly what you want to ask me or what you want me to do. Right. So even in that aspect, I and, and that's kind of the way I've always been. I think I talked about it and then, like, when I used to be in sales, it was... I was the guy that would tell you, no, you don't want to buy that. So I, I would, <laughs> I would take a sale out of my pocket that day to get return customers. Cause they, then they would come back and go, Hey, you were honest with me about this. Yeah. What about this? And yeah. That t- look, that takes you a long way. I think that takes, that's the important thing. You want, that, that's how it should be. I, I've done sales once before. I, I worked at a furniture store about 15 years ago, maybe even longer than that. And I remember, I remember I was a horrible salesman because I would tell people I'd be completely honest with them as far as like, Oh, you don't want that. That, that sofa is terrible. You know, like and my boss heard me. She'd probably fire me on the spot, but being honest with people, they come back and then they want your actual fair assessment on things. It makes a world of difference. Yeah, it totally does. Cause again, it's, it's, that was always my mentality. And yeah, I, I used to get in trouble off and on, but at, sure. the, at the same time, I had, at least a handful of customers follow me to three different stores and none of those stores were close to each other. Right. <laughs> so, there you, uh, go. you know, it's, it's just a slight tangent there, but the bottom line is all of these people there say, Hey, you know, give me money, give me, give me money. That's, that's really their end goal. I mean, you know, it, it, we all like to get fair pay for our time, but if they're approaching you and they're telling you up front, give me money, give me money, give me money. They're probably not really there to help you. <laughs> There's a difference between that and you uh, stepping out and saying, you know what, I really need assistance. Uh, who can I turn to? And I'm willing to pay for that assistance. Totally different. Definitely. I, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely very different. I agree with you 100%. <laughs> All right. End of the day, put your boots on the ground, do your customer relations stuff, uh, build up your community, and uh, basically... Don't rely on automation because automation, uh, and I work in automation. <laughs> it's all about, you know, not having that interaction that, that you're not, you're not getting that emotional response. You're not empowering people. You're not uh, right. giving them a piece of you so that they can give you a piece of them and a, and a piece of, you know, and, and their hard earned money is, is what you're asking for at the end of the day. Right. Right. All right. I think I somewhat warned you that I might ask this. So here we go. <laughs> Okay. I'm out here. I'm looking at, at factions right now. It's like, uh, you know, this, this looks pretty good. I, I think eh, I might be okay with this game. I, I'm just not sure if this is the game I should back today. So what are uh, a couple things that you would tell somebody that would make me go, you know what, Ben, you're absolutely right. I have got to back factions today. First of all, the game, the game, if you're on, if you're on the fence about whether or not to take this, get this game or not, we're not sure if, Factions is going to be very much available after the Kickstarter. So this might really be, you know, one of your only opportunities for quite some time, you know, bearing that we're actually more than successful, which, you know, hopefully is the case. But the retail value of the game you're getting pretty much 
if with the base game, you're getting about $15 off the game. And then with the super box set, which we have, you're getting, you know, the, the each faction, if they were sold individually, would probably be sold around 10 to $15 a piece. And you're getting four extra armies with that. So you're getting a really nice deal with that. I'm telling you, if you're a strategy fan, you're going to love this game. It's just, there's so much replayability and it's, it's, it's extremely fun. You can play up to four players. We also have the option of you being able to play one versus one versus one, which is a nice little free for all way of playing the game. So if maybe you, you know, you have you and your buddy want to play and then another friend comes over, you can play with the three of you. I mean, that's pretty much it. There's, there's, I can tell you right now, if, if, if you get this, this game, you'll be very excited and happy you got it. We also have a lot of uh, future considerations for things that we want to add to the game as well, which, which would be great. So. All right. Factions is on Kickstarter right now. Goes until August 11th, 2014. That would be, uh, for me, since I'm in central time, that would be eight, uh, eight 41 in the morning. So, uh, get over there August 10th just to be safe. Yes. Yes. Definitely <laughs> uh, get there August 10th. <laughs> ben is looking for $25,000 and currently has $8,775. He could definitely use some extra love. Go check it out again. Just check out the project check out the videos decide if it's something that you're interested in but uh give it a give it a once over give it a look i will also say that you know as always we will have the links in the show notes to the kickstarter and to theorycraft gaming and ben also has a, a link or an ad on the website so you can click over from there as well so definitely go check it out again august 10th slash 11th depending on your time zone Check it out August 10th. Just go August 10th. Just assume it's ending August 10th and go go check it out as quickly as possible and back it. Ben, thank you for hanging out with me this evening. It's been awesome having a conversation with you. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you too, Jeff. I appreciate the uh, the time. Not a problem. I was uh, more than happy to have this conversation. Like I said, the, the game looks great. You got a, a cheerleader uh, out of Aaron to come find me. Uh, yeah. And and that that doesn't happen very often. It, it's not very often that somebody outside of the person that created the project says, "Jeff, you have to go check this out." And especially <laughs> somebody that actually knows me. So right. uh, that that alone, people go check it out. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thanks a lot again for hanging out with me. Yeah. Thanks. And of course, I will be having more interviews coming soon. Uh, like we said on, or depending on when everything comes out, like we said on episode 48, uh, if you hear it before or after this, uh, we will not be recording at the end of July here for the main podcast, but I have plenty of interviews still in the works. So we will be hearing from a lot of people. Uh, so again, go check out factions and I will. Talk to you soon. This podcast is a proud member of the GeekCast Network. If you enjoyed it and are looking for other podcasts with a geek culture slant, head over to geekcastnetwork.com where you will find podcasts such as Two Bald Geeks, a podcast by two bald horror movie fans that dissect one horror movie a month, saving the spoilers for last. The GeekCast Network. You can broadcast your geekiness at geekcastnetwork.com.